and gentlemen, good morning and welcome back. Thanks for joining us on a beautiful Thursday morning. You know, one of the reasons we love professional wrestling is that it is full of things that we never saw coming. We can call them twists, you can call them turns, but today we share our favorite memories of some of the biggest heel slash face turns in the history of pro wrestling. Those moments when the biggest bad guys turned into fan favorites and when our most beloved heroes turned into some of our most hated foes. It's all about the twists and turns, the heel and baby faces turns on this live episode of 80s Wrestling the Podcast. My name is Jumping Jay, and I sit across from the man who is the perennial baby face. There's no turn in sight for this guy. He's always on the right side of things. I'm talking about Mr. Tommy Fierro. Tommy, good morning, brother. What is going on today? Good morning, Jumping Jay. How are you today, sir? I'm doing very well, man. I'm excited for today's episode. A great topic, plus some very big announcements coming from you. You know, I was just thinking to myself this morning, you are single-handedly changing the meaning of the term con man. I would love to call you Tommy the Con Man Fierro, but, you know, it has some negativity (laughs) involved. But I think you're changing it, man. I think people are going to be looking at the con man a whole different way. Maybe, Maybe the king of cons. How about that? Oh, dude. See, this is why you get paid the big bucks. This is why you're on top of the mountain with creativity <laughs> like that. King Kong, Tommy yep. Fierro. I love it. Yeah, man. So I, I guess we'll, we'll drop the news right at the top of the program today. Uh, yesterday, we broke the news that 80s Wrestling Con 5 is going to take place on Saturday, May the 4th, the Menin Sports Arena in Morristown, New Jersey. Again, that is on Saturday, May the 4th. Last year, Jumpin' Jay, we had wrestling fans from 43 states in eight countries attend 80s Wrestling Con last year. You were one of them, my friend, and uh, we're excited for this year's. We are uh, branding this convention now, May 4th. All you Star uh, Wars fans out there, you know, May the 4th be with you. Well, May the Four Horsemen be with you at 80s Wrestling Con. Already signed to a pair of Jumpin' Jay with Tully Blanchard, Barry Windham, J.J. Dillon, and Baby Doll. Obviously, we're, we're trying to work on a couple more as we speak. The R. Anderson one is going to uh, take a while, obviously, because he works for AEW, so they would have no idea about his schedule in May right now. Uh, but, yeah, man, we're, we're, uh, we're working – uh, to uh, make this the biggest and baddest 80s wrestling con ever. And, and breaking news, we have tickets going on sale today for the VIP admission and general admission. It is discounted, early bird special. Anyone that orders tickets between now and uh, Halloween will receive a discount. They're up on the website now, so head over to 80s wrestlingcon.com today and get your discounted ticket for 80s wrestling con on saturday may the 4th at the menon sports arena in morristown new jersey we have vip admission tickets which this year jay it's going to be an hour early entry for vip admission ticket holders so general admission will open for the general public at 11 a.m 
But if you have the VIP ticket, Jay, you get in at 10 a.m. So right now uh, they're discounted on 80swrestlingcon.com. We're going to make this the biggest 80s wrestling con ever. Jumping Jay has already booked this flight for him and his family to come up. So he will be here as always and hope to see all you guys that listen to this podcast. And uh, it's going to be a big one, Jumping Jay. Yeah, I can't believe that we're already sitting here talking about 80s Wrestling Con 5. It's hard to believe that this is the fifth installment of this absolutely huge convention uh, that Tommy Fierro puts on. And I'm telling you, if you are coming, jump on that early bird special because I don't know if people understand what an hour early access truly means. You get in a full hour ahead of the general admission people, so you get to go, you get to meet the, you get in line to see the wrestlers quicker. You get to check out uh, all the merch tables. You get to get the good action figures. You get to buy them before everybody else even gets into the front door. So if you're coming, I would jump on this deal and get that early admission. And you get a nice little discount right now, thanks to you, Tommy Farrell. Huge announcement to kick off today's show. Yeah, man, I'm very excited. May the four horsemen be with you for 80s Wrestling Con 5. Again, tickets early bird are available now through uh, the end of Halloween Discount it on 80swrestlingcon.com. But that's enough about 80s Wrestling Con. We're talking about the best heel and face turns. I guess we could do the history of wrestling. I know, I mean, if we, if we just do 80s, and obviously something like Hulk Hogan turning over with the NWO is going to be at the very tippity top of, you know, all-time turns. But, man, what a topic that we can dive into today. I'll give my mine later in the episode, but jump it down. I want to hear what the uh, Wrestling Collector Slam line has to say today about this very interesting topic. Yeah, and the slam line is absolutely packed, Tommy, so we're going to jump into that. And I think it's packed because this is one of those conversations. When we were diehard fans of pro wrestling growing up, you lived and died with the baby faces, with the good guys. And so when one of them turned their back and became a heel, it rocked our world. And so I think, in my opinion, and again, I'm an old man sitting here reminiscing about the, the days that were, the yesteryears, I could argue that the golden era of wrestling was the best era of heel slash babyface turns when it meant the absolute most. And so we're going to dive into these phone calls and we're going to see which direction it heads up first. Good guy, longtime friend of the show. I see him at every 80s wrestling con I go to. It's Danny from Butler. Danny, good morning, sir. Welcome to the conversation. Tommy, Jumpin' Jay, uh, it's been a while. Uh, what a tremendous way to kick off the show. Wrestling, 80s Wrestling Con 5, May the 4th be with you before four horsemen. You talk about a headline. You know, Tommy, you never cease to amaze me, and you never disappoint. That's why you are the Thank king you, brother. of cons. Just like uh, like uh, Jumpin' Jay said, um, definitely looking forward to it. I would definitely be jumping on that uh, early bird special because, uh, you know, like I said, if – from what our history shows me, each, each of your wrestling cons just keep getting uh, bigger and better. And like I said, I just don't know how you one-up each and every one, but you always manage. So uh, lots of credit, lots of love. Um, heel and baby lots of love to you, man. Thank you. Um, what a you know, tremendous topic. Uh, you you kind of like sold my thunder. Like, there's so many throughout the course of history, obviously. Um, you think about Andre the Giant. Mm. On the uh, Piper's uh, on Piper's pit, which you happen to be there, so you witnessed it firsthand. Um, you have to, you know, without a doubt, I think the be- the biggest heel turn in history 
you got to go with Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. You got to, like I said, you talk about a groundbreaking moment in the history of the business. Uh, you know, you go from 1984 to that point, you know, there's no bigger superstar, no bigger hero than Hogan. Obviously, people change and generations change. You know, you got to adapt with the times. But who could have actually said that they saw that coming? Nobody. So as a 15-year-old watching that bash at that beach uh, in July of 96, when that, when the moment that he dropped that leg, leg drop on Savage, you're like, what the fuck? That was, you know, that was groundbreaking. That was earth-shattering. Um, that, uh, that's a moment, like I said, frozen in time. And you, everybody that's a true wrestling fan is going to know where they were doing, where they were at, at that very moment. So I have to put that one on top of the greatest heel uh, turns in uh, wrestling history. As far as uh, the babyface turns, my personal favorite would probably have to be when Randy Savage turned uh, face on the Saturday night's main event when uh, with the, the joining of the mega powers when Hogan went out and saved them from the, the honky tonk and uh, the heart foundation. Um, you could like, you know, you kind of saw that coming in a way cause you started slowly, but surely after WrestleMania three, you know, you see that Savage is becoming more and more, you know, liked, and he, you know, you could tell that he was changing that his tune. He was, you know, quickly becoming a bigger fan favorite, and then, you know, obviously, when Honky started, you know, proclaiming that he was the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time, you quickly saw how that, you know, irked Savage, and you could see that face turn coming slowly and surely. But it finally, when you know, when Elizabeth went out and, and, and found Hogan in the locker room, and he came out and helped him. Without a doubt, you know, that changed the, the face of uh, wrestling history forever. So I know there's plenty of calls. I'm going to let you guys get the rest of your calls in. Um, you know, as always, you guys have a great weekend, and I always look forward to talking to you guys. Hey, you too, Danny. Thank you so much for Thanks, calling brother. up. And yeah, you raise a good one. The Macho Man face turn with Hogan. And then what's, what's kind of ironic is at the end of WrestleMania 7, when Macho Man turns face again with the help of Elizabeth after losing his career match against the Warrior, Macho Man might have some of the best face heel turns of all time. That one individual. Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, you go back to, absolutely. you know, the main event before uh, WrestleMania 5. You know, that was another major uh, heel turn. So he, he went, everything went hand in hand with him. But um, I put my two cents in. I know there's a, a ton of callers. I'm going to let them get their two cents in. Uh, you guys keep on uh, doing a great job. Keep hitting out of the ballpark. And uh, I'll talk to you guys shortly. Have a great weekend. Hey, you too, Danny. Thank you so much. You too, brother. Thank you, man. Man, he's, yeah, you have to give credit to the Hogan heel turn with the NWO. I don't, he's the biggest baby face of all time, and he transitioned to becoming one of the biggest heels of all time. And so I think everything pales in comparison to you know Hogan turning heel. But, yeah, Macho Man had some of the most impactful face turns, back to heel, back to face. I mean, no one could do it like Randy Savage did it, Tommy. Yeah, man. Listen, you're, you know you're really, really, really good when you have the ability to connect with the crowd one way or another, either as a heel or a baby face, just as strongly as the other one. So, like, for example, Piper, he was an amazing heel, and he was also an amazing babyface. Randy Savage, an amazing heel, an amazing babyface. Hulk Hogan, an amazing heel, an amazing babyface. And listen, 
Steve Austin, was he an amazing heel? I don't think so because I think that, and it wasn't his fault, it was that he was so beloved by the audience. They didn't want to boo him. You know what I mean? Like I, I so you're talking about like the you talk about the greatest turns in wrestling history. Uh, the first year I said Piper Hogan Savage. They're all inexchangeable as far as uh, you know moments and memories of the business of them. You know, flipping one way or another. Uh, so yeah, man, I, I think that the really, really, really cream of the crop in this business are able to do both. And not that Steve Austin couldn't do it. Just in my opinion, that he was so over and beloved by the audience. They just didn't want to boo him. And that's my that's just my opinion on it. No, you're absolutely right. There are some wrestlers who are just born to either play the part of a heel or born to be loved by the fans. You know, one of them that I think also didn't work is Mr. Perfect. In my mind, is such a heel. Like, he's just that, that diehard heel. He's so good at it. But in 1992, they tried to turn him face for a little bit when he agreed to, to tag his Macho Man Randy Savage's partner when he was fighting uh, Razor Ramon and Ric Flair. And it just, it didn't really work. You view Mr. Perfect as a heel. You love to kind of hate him. Stone Cold, people just love to cheer that guy. It didn't matter what he did, he wasn't going to make you turn on him. And that's part of this heel face turn. And maybe one's harder than the other. Maybe it's harder to turn face than it is to turn heel. That's something we can dive into. We're going to keep the calls coming, Tommy. And then we'll think about that. Which one, in your opinion, is the harder one uh, to do. Up up next is the guy who is the perennial. He's the steamboat of the program. He's always the babyface. It's babyface Brian. Good morning, sir. Welcome to the conversation. Good morning, Jay, and uh, good morning, Tommy. How are you guys doing, my friends? Very good morning, well, sir. How, how are you? you doing? Doing great. Hey, I'll just mention uh, my favorite heel turn and my favorite babyface turn. Uh, both of them happened in 1986. Uh, the Paul Orndorff turn, got to watch that. Uh, as it progressed, it was the first big heel turn that I watched as a fan. And so that one, to me, is still uh, super meaningful. Uh, Paul Orndorff, uh, with the, the interactions with Adrian Adonis on the flower shop and Hulk Hogan, uh, Adrian kind of throwing the gasoline on the fire and getting to finally see that uh, that turn happened in the ring against Stud and Bundy where he, he uh, raised Hogan's hand after the match, uh, gave him the clothesline, and then the pile driver, and it kicked off uh, probably the most profit- profitable housefolk uh, show feud of all time, a good five, six months where Hulk and, uh, and Orndorff went around the country and sold out arenas and made a ton of money um, very shortly after that. Roddy Piper, the guy who had won two most hated wrestler of the year awards from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Uh, he he get, comes back from a break after filming Body Slam after a little break between WrestleMania two and uh, and the summer when he returns uh, and basically uh, demands his show back from Adrian Adonis. Gets attacked by Adrian and his former bodyguard Cowboy Bob Orton and Don Morocco and uh, becomes. Uh, more popular than Hulk for a, a small amount of time where he wins the most popular wrestler of the year award in 1986 in Pro Wrestling Illustrated after winning most hated for two years in a row. So to me, those are my two favorites. Um, and then I'm glad that uh, Danny mentioned 1987 with the Andre turn that Tommy was there for and the Savage turn in that, uh, that summer. 
uh, makes me uh, ask you guys um, which uh, which year's turns are you more fond of? Uh, 1986 with uh, Orndorff and Piper, or 1987 with Andre and Savage? Uh, which which of those two years do you guys hold a little nearer and dearer to your heart? I obviously have a slight edge towards 86. That's a great question, Brian. I'm going to put you on hold just because there was a little uh, feedback coming through on your end. Uh, I think it was your end. It could have been mine. Tommy, I'll let you answer. I, I think I know your answer as well, Tommy, but do you prefer the 86 or the 87 turns that Brian pointed out? Uh, you know you know me, man. I'm with, I'm with Brian 100% on this one. It has to be when Paul Orndorff turned on Hulk Hogan. And, again, I've, I've probably told this story 10 times on the podcast over the last couple of years, but – I specifically remember it being at my aunt's house in West Milford, New Jersey. There was some kind of barbecue or party going on, and everyone was outside, and I was inside by myself watching this. And for some reason, my aunt and uncle had some kind of collection of these. You remember the masks that Kamala used to wear, like those Ugandan masks? They're all oh, hanging yeah. up in the living room. So, I, so I, I'm, in, I'm in the living room. I'm in the house with myself. Everyone's outside. I have all these Ugandan masks hanging up on the wall. I'm just a kid, and I can't believe that I just saw Paul Orndorff turn on Hulk Hogan. It was like time stood still for me, and I just, you know, I, I looked up, and I see all these. <laughs> I'm just a kid. Yeah, I see all these, these masks hanging on the wall. I got scared as shit. I ran outside uh, to my to my parents. <laughs> Because I can't believe that Paul Orndorff would do that to Hulk Hogan. And these, all these masks are looking at me. They got kind of freaked out. But, uh, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I, I, the Macho Man Hogan one, man, that's probably that's so tough. Because I love that story, too, the Macho Man Hogan story, the whole setup for it, the whole. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I'm gonna, for personal, for personal, I'm going to go with uh, Orndorff. Because I remember that as the first, I think, the first big heel turn that I remember as a kid. Uh, and then, but probably, you know, Hogan and Savage is probably, and, and God, I, I think about Hogan and Andre too. When mm-hmm. Andre turned, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a toss up, but I'll go with Hogan and Orndorff because of like what he said is the first that I remember as a kid, the big first turn. Yeah. And you were a huge Mr. Wonderful fan. And so it's different when one of your heroes turns it hits a little different you sure. know if you were just a if you were just a casual Orndorff fan it wouldn't have probably meant as much but you probably felt a little bit portrayed too in the giant wooden tiki mask watching over you didn't help the situation all right <laughs> yes, I, for, absolutely. yeah and for me i would go 87 i'm a little bit uh younger than you guys and so 87 is a more powerful memory in my mind and andre turning heel you just i just didn't think anyone could beat him that was the first time where you kind of felt like maybe hulk hogan's in real jeopardy. And then I remember, you know, Andre stayed heel until I think WrestleMania uh, six went after the colossal connection, lost the titles and him and Heenan had it out in the ring. And then he's beloved again. You know, you love to see it when one of the most hated bad guys is welcomed back by the fans. Then he becomes one of the most loved heroes again. And so that's the, that's the plus side of a face turn, you know, as you welcome them in, but yeah, when you're a young Tommy Fierro and you see, Mr. Wonderful turn his back on Hogan. That's the bitter side of the turn, man. But that's wrestling. That's why we fell in love with it. It can play with your emotions like that. Uh, And so great question from Babyface Brian. We're going to keep the slam line rolling. Uh, We're going to go visit with Matt from Boston. 
Matt, good morning, sir. Welcome to the Heel Face Turn Conversation. Good morning, gentlemen. What a, what a beautiful fall morning to be talking about heel and face turns. Uh, Jay, I think you let off the show saying, you know, we need to redefine con man for Tommy. I'll, I'll right. take it a step further and say I, I think he needs to be referred to forevermore as the con father at this, at this point. Ooh, um, the con father. Ooh, I love it. I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> There you go. There we go. The Ooh, I like that. So I was, and and I was, you know, I jumped on the website when you when you said the URL, and I was like, you know, the pricing was like, are you kidding me? Like, how, how can you not go? Even the VIP pricing and the discount, it's like, you know, the Confather forevermore at this point. So I love it. Well said, Matt. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Um, all right. So I got I got one of each heel turn and a face turn. A um, little unconventional, a little under the radar, maybe. The heel turn. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Islanders. Okay, and I and I think what think what really makes it for me is the way they executed the angle. You know, Bobby Heenan let off that episode of Superstar saying, "I've got a surprise for everybody. I've signed a new tag team. Wouldn't say who it was. The show's about you know you're on the last match and you got the Islanders working against. Mm, I can't remember who, but you know. Vince is like, well, where's the new T? You know, we don't, we haven't heard anything. We don't know anything. And, and, and Jesse snickers and goes, you'll see, you'll see, as if he knows he's in on it. Um, and, and, and I thought it did wonders for that team. You know, I thought they were kind of a, a middling, middle car, no directionless kind of team. And that heel turn, you know, put them right into a program with the Bulldogs, the, the, the stuff with the, uh, you know, Matilda and walking, you know, walking around with the leash and the collar without Matilda. I mean, genius, genius. Um, so, so a little under the radar heel turn, but one that has just stuck in my memory. I think primarily because it was executed uh, so so brilliantly. Um, so, so I'll go with that for my heel turn and my face turn. I, Ooh, talk about unconventional. I'm going with Ken Patera when he returned. So there's a huge gap, and it wasn't a immediate turn. So, again, a little unconventional. But his feud with Bobby Heenan, right, when they had the debate on superstars of wrestling and, and Patera whipped Heenan around by the, by the neck with, the, with, with his belt, and then in subsequent weeks, Patera's wrestling, a, you know, an enhancement talent match, and all of a sudden – you see the shadows of four massive human beings walk down to the ring. It was Bundy, Harley Race, Hercules, and they surrounded the ring. And then they put they put a beat down in you know you know in payback on, on Patera. And that as a ten year old, watching him get whipped around the ring with the with the with the bell and having having him just get lashed with the bell, you know, you know, the over and over was something. Um, and so I think I think the common theme through both of my examples here are, are the execution of, of the turns and the angles were just so perfect that, you know, to this day, 35 plus years later, both of those turns kind of stick with me because of the execution of the angles. So that's what I'm going with, Unders and, and, and Patera. Listen, I love those picks because, like you said, they're kind of under the radar. And I would argue that both the Islanders and Ken Patera are both maybe even under the radar of 
superstars that most people remember. I would say under the Islanders underrated as a tag team for sure. Uh, Ken Patera with some of his legal stuff, you know, I'm sure that played into uh, why he wasn't more prominently featured uh, later on in his career. But Matt, I love the fact that you pulled those two as your picks because I promise you nobody else is bringing those two up today. And so I appreciate that you brought those to the conversation. Yeah. You know, when I, you know, I saw the topic, I started thinking, I'm like, well, you know, Andre is, is going to be the first thing that comes to everybody's mind. That's going to get talked about, but what, you know, what are the other ones that then in my head, and I think it's, it's a personal thing too, right? I think, I think that the topic is genius because it's very individualistic, right? Everyone will remember a different heel turn or a different face turn for their own personal reasons. And, um, and that, then that made it easy. I'm like, well, yeah, the, the Islanders and the Patera beat down and wow, just it, it stuck with me. So, so yeah, great, great topic. I love it. And before we let you go, Matt, I'd love to know, I kind of was just talking out loud moments ago and I said, I wonder which one would be harder to do in your opinion as a wrestling fan, which do you think is a harder thing for a wrestler to pull off a heel turn or a baby face turn? So I, I think it's I think it's a baby face turn and 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 there's you know no hesitation there because I think that I think being a heel is more fun. Look, mm-hmm. I I'm not in the business, never been a wrestler. I, you know, I only know what I've watched, listened to, read over the years. Um, with wrestling being a big part of you know my childhood and my adult life, but I think. I, I think pulling off a heel turn, it, it's it's easy. I think it's easier to get people to hate you quicker than it is to get them to like you. And I think being a heel is a little more fun, probably, you know, without firsthand knowledge. So I, I'm going to go with I think the heel turn is easier. My I, you know what? I would 100% agree with you. I think you're absolutely right. You can't force fans to love you, but it's a little easier to make them hate you. You just got to do some real bad stuff. And so I think you're absolutely right, Matt. Uh, I appreciate you calling in and sharing us your opinion today. You added a lot to the conversation. I hope you keep calling in, sir. Yeah, yeah, will do. Thanks a lot, Jay and the Confather. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I love Talk to you soon. I, hey, I love that. I love that name, by the way, brother, the Confather. I love that. That's it. That's the only name I'm going to use for you from now on, Tommy. That's it. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, boys. All right, we'll Be talk good. to you later, man. Listen, Tommy, if you're not walking around. Uh, Morristown, New Jersey, uh, the day of 80s Wrestling Con 5 with a Con Father shirt on. You got to be rocking that shirt, Tommy. You got to be. <laughs> hey, man, uh, that's a really cool name. And once again, anyone that might have tuned in a little bit later in the episode, 80s Wrestling Con 5 has been announced. It's going to take place on Saturday, uh, May the 4th, at the Menon Sports Arena in Morristown, New Jersey. Already signed to appear. We're doing the Four Horsemen, uh, Tully Blanchard, Barry Windham, J.J. Dillon, and Baby Doll have already been signed, working on more. Uh, it's, again, Saturday, May the 4th, and tickets are available now. Our early bird special at 80swrestlingcon.com. You go over there right now, you will save money between now and Halloween night. Again, it's 80swrestlingcon.com, early bird special. That's right. The con father just made you a deal you, you can't turn down. What does that say? Uh, making you an offer you can't refuse. Go save some money at 80swrestlingcon.com right now. Let's keep this conversation rolling. Most memorable heel slash face turns. Who did it the best? 
who stuck it in your memory and whose heart is still broken uh, by Sweet Sapphire. I know that's going to get brought up here. But it's time to go to the firehouse and check in with Firefighter Brian. Brian, good morning, sir. Welcome to the show. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Doing very well, sir. How about you? I can't complain. Can't complain. It's a lot better now that I'm talking to you guys. How's that? I'll tell oh, you. Oh, bless so your heart, you sir. You know, you don't realize how fast time goes, how fast the week goes. Until you, you know, you do something once a week. You're like, holy cow, a whole week has passed already, and we're here again. So, uh, yeah, one of my uh, favorite things on a Thursday morning. So, uh, after, and I'm glad. I'm glad I'm usually around to uh, to call in. Um, but uh, yeah, this is a. Uh, oh, let me let me just ask about uh, WrestleCon. Well, first of all, the, t- the two burning questions about WrestleCon. Okay, number one, one for each of you. Jay, do you think you'll be there this year? You know, I've already talked it over with the wife and the kids, and uh, the initial conversation. Uh, the higher ups came back; it was very favorable, and so I'm thinking, one way or another, I'll be in New Jersey again. Good, good, good. I I don't know if I'll be there with my wife again. The fact that I went once with her is a miracle. But, uh, yeah, very good. <laughs> oh, I still, Let me tell you something, guys. You'll appreciate this, Tommy. On, I, I said this on the baby face when he hosted episode. On my uh, coffee table, I got the picture of the two of us with Brett. And on another table in a frame, I got the picture of uh, my wife getting hugged by Sergeant Slaughter. Mm. I have them both frames in my living room. So uh shows you uh, what, a, <laughs> what a big – it was such a, a, uh, a snowball's chance in hell type of event. I had to, uh, I had to honor it twice in my living room. But uh, now the question for you, Tommy, and this is a – listen, this is a burning question. <laughs> It's, it's an elephant in the room question, okay? Now, you brought up the horseman. You said, you know, Tully, J.J., Wyndham, and even Baby Doll is going to be there, which is going to be good to see her. Um, you said you're working on Arn. That leaves just one man. Woo! Well, my, only answer to that, my only answer to that was Rome wasn't built in one day. Woo! All right, all right, all right, my friend, absolutely. So, uh, hey, listen, if there was a way to top Listen, if it's an option, I'll be pursuing it. That's, that's the only thing I can say. Absolutely, yeah, I, not, I, know, I know what you mean. I think we've said enough about the topic, but about that. But, uh, no, I, I know where you're going with that, and I know what you mean. I think, uh, you know, like I said, we won't get into it, but I think everybody knows what you mean by that. But, uh but with this, this topic, you know, this is a really interesting topic that you haven't done before. And, you know, you said something early in the show, Jay, that, you know, it really, that the time you're talking about, the time that we were growing up as wrestling fans, was really the golden age of turns. And I, the reason being was because you rarely saw them. Um, and, you know, somebody who turned, they weren't going to turn the next year. Nowadays, you got guys like, you know, uh, most notably, you know, the Big Show, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Jericho, um, The Undertaker even. They've turned more than a NASCAR, okay? I mean, pancakes at a diner don't turn more than wrestlers do today. <laughs> um, back then, you never saw, you, you rarely saw them. So when it happened, it was a big deal. And I think a, a notable 
face turn, and I think a key to a good turn is not just the turn, but how they fared in their new role. Okay, mm-hmm. that's why Tommy, a hundred percent, Hogan's heel turn is probably number one because not only was it shocking, everybody was always wondering, will Hogan ever turn heel? Will anybody ever go for it? Everybody ever roll the dice? And say what you will about WCW and Bischoff and all them, they rolled the dice, and holy horseshit, did it work. And it revitalized his, like I said on the Hogan uh, Feuds episode, it rebooted his career. Okay? And then, um, and you bring up the Sapphire. You know what? Sapphire was a very, I tell you, that's an underrated turn, because I really enjoyed that storyline. Sapphire is getting all these gifts. Okay, one uh, week she's wearing the the neck, then she's wearing the ring, then she's wearing the the fur coat, then she's driving in a Cadillac. And everybody's like, what's this about? They ask Dusty, I don't know, it's none of my business, it's Sapphire's business. She doesn't show up for her match at SummerSlam. Then Dusty comes out for his match, and you hear that unmistakable laugh. Do you know that laugh? And you're thinking, oh, my God. How could I not figure that out? How could I not? He said, who else would buy Sapphire all this stuff? Great turn. Great heel turn. Now, two face turns I just want to touch on is um, The Undertaker, the first one, okay? I thought that was a good one because nobody saw it coming. You know, Jake is ready to hit uh, Macho and Elizabeth with the chair. And who stops him? His right-hand man, The Undertaker. And there wasn't much explanation as to why he turned on him. But you know what? Hey, he wants to go against the evil J.K. Well, we're on him. And the big boss man. Now, a word that's been used to describe wrestling fans the past few years is fickle. Well, hello, we've been trained to be fickle ever since we started watching wrestling. They're telling us we, we, to hate this guy, like the big boss man. We hated him. We hated when mm-hmm. he would uh, – I remember when my uh, – when, when uh, he would uh, drop, like, the ball and chain on an opponent's chest. My dad even said, please tell me that's not real. Okay? Now, all of a sudden, he turns face on the Brother Love Show, saying, wait a minute, you sold my services without telling me? And now all of a sudden, we enjoy him hitting people with a nightstick and dropping people with the, uh, with the ball and chain. So it's a uh, very interesting, you know, and um, I'll say one last one. Um, you guys talked about the Andre heel turn. And I said how, you know, the Andre heel turn, that destroyed me. Because Andre was, I mean, is there than, than Andre, you know, more beloved figure. And, you know, I think a lot of older fans kind of saw it coming, you know, with the trophy presentations. Hogan's trophy is twice the size of Andre's. Hogan came out to, uh, you know, to congratulate Andre, and Andre just stormed off looking all angry. Um, But then when he actually turned, that killed you. But I think one thing that doesn't get enough talk is his face turn at WrestleMania six when – yeah, right, when he threw Heenan out of the ring, then threw Haku out of the ring, and when he's riding in the cart back to the locker room and the crowd, 
I'll tell you, te- uh, Toronto, very underrated uh, wrestling uh, uh, crowd. Uh, just went nuts. Went nuts. You can't, uh, you can't write something like that. And I'll, uh, I'll leave you guys with this. Nobody really talked about this yet. You know, you, you kind of touched on it with uh, Ricky Steamboat. You know, you got to give credit, guys, like Ricky Steamboat, Tito Santana, Junkyard Dog, Ted DiBiase on the heel side. Guys mm-hmm. who were so good at being a face or a heel that they never turned them. And, you know, if you ever wondered what it would be like when Ted, if Ted DiBiase turned, a heel, turned heel, look at Alberto, that turned face. Look at Alberto Del Rio's face mm-hmm. turn. Look at Ted DiBiase Jr.'s face turn. Both complete disasters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, it was, uh, like I said, I always say, Ted DiBiase, greatest heel of all time because he took – yeah, the, he gave the term "money's the root of all evil" a whole new meaning. So, uh, well, what, what do you what, what do you guys think before we uh, we part ways for the week? I'm agreeing with what you're saying, Brian. And the, first of all, like the the Andre the Giant thing, he was so beloved and so respected as a wrestler that when he turned heel, yeah, it it broke your heart as a fan. And then when he turned back face after WrestleMania six, after Bobby Heenan, you know, finger in the face, slapping him around in the corner, the crowd was so ready to accept him back and to cheer him on. Because I think in our hearts of hearts, we didn't want to see him go end his career as that villain. I think we wanted him to be beloved uh, and seen in that light. So I think we were more than ready to welcome him back. And I think, you bring up an excellent point. There are some guys who are so good at their role that you don't dare turn them. And even if you tried, the fans wouldn't accept it. And so then it doesn't go well. And then that tarnishes that person's legacy. I think if you are such a good heel, the fans will tell you if they want you to turn baby face. And if that's not happening, you just double down on being the heel that you are. I think million dollar man, spending his whole life as a heel is what we needed out of him as wrestling fans. We didn't want to see him. And when he comes back for the anniversary shows and for the legend shows, people go nuts for him. We love him, right. but we love him as a heel. And so I think you're right on the money with that. Right. Yeah. That's why I think, you know, like when Jake Roberts comes out with uh, Lance Archer and like a heel role in AEW, we don't want to boo Jake anymore. I'll take right. Jake as a heel over face any day, twice on Sunday. Okay. But nowadays, we don't want to boo him anymore. Uh, Mick Foley's quote-unquote heel turn, if you want to call it that, in the, like around 05 when he joined Edge and Lita, we didn't want to boo Foley anymore, especially for all, everything he did for this business, everything he put his body through. And I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you have, Tommy, if, if you ever met Mick, it, it's a great, moment because you're meeting a legend and on one of my all-time favorites but on the others it's sad because when you see this guy what trouble he has moving around it breaks your heart and you don't want to mm-hmm. boo him anymore and let, let me let, let me just add that i swear to god this is it um no because nobody's talked about this one yet and this was a big turn for both teams although it was a little confusing at first because nobody knew what the hell was going on the demolition powers of pain mm-hmm. switch. Yep, I knew at, that's at, where you were headed. Yeah, did you? <laughs> Great minds think alike, Jay. Um, 
You know, so, uh, hey, we're going to need those great minds when the Jets beat the Giants week eight. Oh! But, um, but, but that was nobody, like the fans in attendance, nobody really knew what the hell was going on. But you know what, guys? At the end of the day, it didn't matter because demolition turned face. Mm-hmm. And now the fans have a reason to rock out to that awesome theme song. <laughs> and and they became a big draw. I mean, listen, guys, nowadays winning a title multiple times, so what? Everybody else does it. People, if you win it uh, 10 times, that ain't shit compared to other guys. Yep. Okay? When they won the tag titles three times, that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it all started with that turn. So, uh, hey, what about you, Tommy? What, what, what's your? We heard Jay's. What do you think, Tom? I think it's all very interesting. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you, man. I, it's it's so it's so uh, it's so hard to narrow it down. We could probably talk for the next five hours about different turns throughout the last you know thirty forty years uh, in in the in the business. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I'm with everything you said. They're all significant uh, memories that us as wrestling fans will never forget. Absolutely not. And, uh, you know, you, you said this before, Tommy. You know, we know, we know those who have uh, SXM and listen to Busted Open know Dave Lecrec is trying to get a, uh, a wrestling channel, a 24-7 wrestling channel on SXM. And if that ever happens, I hope he uh, hope you guys get a shot at uh, if that you know maybe a, like a weekly spot like this show, but with uh, more hours because we could talk five hours about any of these topics. So uh, you, you, you yeah. definitely can. Tommy, <laughs> <laughs> I, I could talk about the rust coming off a, a phone call. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna let you listen, guys. Good talk. This was a good conversation, good topic, and I will uh, hopefully talk to you guys next week, okay? Hey, sounds good, Brian. Thank you so much. All the best. God bless. All right, Tom, I have a question for you, sir. You're You're running these conventions. From a promoter's point of view, when you book a guy, do you see... Does his career as a heel or a baby face matter as to how many fans show up i gotta believe this many years removed people are excited to see performers no matter they loved them or hated them but you would know firsthand because you book these guys do you see a difference in fans reaction when you book uh, a hated heel versus a beloved baby face no and the, and the reason why is because if you look at the formula throughout the years like we just talked about earlier piper super successful as a heel and baby hogan super successful as a heel and baby you know and, and so on and so forth it doesn't matter at the end of the day if you're getting a arena full of people to cheer you or an arena full of people to boo you. As long as there's noise and as long as there's a reaction, that's all that really matters. And someone that's been doing it, you know, on top for so long, like the Pipers, the Hogan's, the Savages and all that, uh, I mean, that's really as a, as a promoter, that's all you're really looking for is just a reaction, whether it's beloved or, you know, beloved or hated. At the end of the day, they're making people react to them one way or another. So, I mean, that's, I mean, 
a big star is a big star, whether it's a hailer or a baby face, you know, but that was an interesting topic. I, I will tell you if like, for example, like in New Jersey, if I was doing ISPW, like, you know, if there's not that many big names that live in the area, but someone like Crowbar, he's beloved in this area. So you want to add him on the shows or like Enzo lives in, in New Jersey. So you put him on and, and, you know, he's a local, you know, the big star. So yeah, in situations like that, when you're playing to a specific state, or market as far as like getting people in the building, like for a fundraiser wrestling show. Yeah. But as far as the signing goes, I don't think it really matters. Healer face. Uh, I think it's indifferent. Just it's the reaction and the, the, their uh, body of work and what they cement it into this business that really counts. Let me ask you another behind the scenes question. Cause you mentioned ISPW and let's say you have a local talent, somebody that maybe the crowd is not super familiar with and they come, and you bring them into ISPW to give them an opportunity, do they come to you and do, do they say, I, I'm, I'm usually booked as a heel or I'm usually booked as a baby face? How do you gauge where to book somebody on the independent scene? That's a good question. And not, not, to, not to, you know, pull the curtain back too, too much. But, I mean, it's, it's obviously at the promoter's discretion. But, however if someone is an established talent in this area that is working everywhere else as a, as a hail and the local fan base knows him, chances are I'm probably not going to bring him immediately into my promotion as a baby face if he's established already in this area as a hail, unless there was a specific storyline or idea that I had. But yeah, I mean, that's a good question and hopefully that answer makes sense. It does make sense. Now, there, as of right now, there's no other callers, Tommy, so I want to take this opportunity. I found a list on the World Wide Web of the 10 best heel turns of the golden era of wrestling. And so I want to go through 10 through 1 with you, and I want to get your initial thoughts on, on the hey, turn. Listen, listen to this. How about this? So you have the top 10 of all time? I have the top. This list is the top 10 best heel turns of the golden era. Okay, so can I, can I, in no specific order, can I try and uh, get, because I, I don't have access to this list that you have. Can I try and guess oh. what's on there? Yeah, let me grab a piece of paper, and you're going to so guess. Many, before, be, before we play, how many do you think I'm going to get right out of 10? Uh, I think you will get seven out of the 10, because some of them I don't know if yeah, I'll include on my list. I'm going to grab a pen and paper and I'm going to okay. write them down myself so I can keep track with you as I go along. I am going to see, I don't know what the golden era. So would that be like 80, what, is it sort of 85 or 88 to 92, 93? I just want to know what, what years we're playing with there. And yeah, let me go find, I'm trying to find the earliest one. I'm seeing anywhere from 1981 up to about 1991. So that 10, that decade, 81 to 91 okay. is where this list is from. And this is not the end all be all list. This is opinion based, obviously. No, 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 I understand. But yeah, I'd love to know if you can, how many of these 10 you can get. Turns, right? Just heel turns. Heel yep. turns, correct? Yep. Okay. Heel turns. I'm going to put down my 10. I'm writing down one to 10 on my paper now. And, and you, you don't have to me... get them in the right order. I just want, if you're going to guess. No, 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 I you, know. Yeah. Are you going to say them out loud okay, so before I read the list? 
you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the name and you say yes or no and I'll put a I'll put a circle next to it on, on my end. Okay, so, I got you. I got you. the Giants. That is on the list and that came in as number one on this list. So you are one for ten so far. Okay. Obviously Macho Man Randy Savage. That came in as the number two heel turn of the golden era. So you are two for two. And and I'm in order right now. And I'm in and order. Right now right you're now. in order. And here's where it might get a little wonky, but I'll let you continue. Okay. So you say you get a little wonky, then I would not put um my next choice up on there. I'm gonna go best heel turn. I, I was gonna say Ornruff. I don't think Ornruff should be number three, but I, I'm gonna say Ornruff anyway, just so uh, I get the point. I'm sure he's on. Ornruff is on the list. They have him ranked as the fifth greatest heel turn. Okay. But yeah. I yeah. But I mean, so you're three for three so far. Okay, three for three. Best heel turns. Shaw uh, Michaels. That one did not make this list, and I'm very surprised Ooh. at that. There are a couple on this okay. list that I think that one is better than, and so I think you get the honorable mention for bringing that one up. No, no, no. I don't want honorable mention. I wanted to go off that list specifically. And then okay, you told then me you 1991. One. I told 90, you told me 91. I think that happened that was maybe early 92, or was it? So maybe, uh, let me see, Andre, Savage, Orndorff. Um, he'll turn Flair. Man, that's that's not on the list. But to be yeah, it's not on the list. This is WWE's golden era. But he, what time did he come oh, to the WWE? Well, let, me another, let me have another. Let me have another. Yeah, then. I should have told you. Side. This is this is WWE's top ten. Okay, how about? Hmm. This is going to get a little tricky because you said you said it gets some of these. You know, there's some, some that I would not have included on this list. So that's why I'm trying to think outside the box because you you gave me that you were privileged to give me that information. Um, Sergeant Slaughter has to be on there. Sergeant Slaughter's on there. I don't know what's not on there. Yes, that's number three. Slaughter. Good job. Okay. Um, You've got four of the ten right now. Jake Roberts is on there as number four. Okay. So you've got five, five of the ten. You nailed the spots one through the five. Box here. I am trying to think outside the box here. Um, tail turns. How about Hercules? Not on the list. Ah, I tried to think. See, when you said some you didn't agree with, I try to take yeah, a shot with the outside of Hercules. I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I, that that's why you got my uh, my mind I know. now. Um, so you said 81. So this is, makes me think back to uh, oof, 81. That's maybe 81. Big hill turn in 81. Let me see here. Would it? You keep thinking. Your wheels are turning. I like it. Oh, you're waiting, on, you're waiting on me. I thought I was waiting on you. No, no, you keep thinking. I'm, I'm Googling just to see if this did indeed. It says 1981, but that seems a little early to me, and so I'm Googling to see if I can get a... Look, okay. Uh, 
that one is I'm going to go maybe the one that they say is 81 is more like 87. I understand why they say 81. Cuz that's oh, when this, you really I know I messed you up. This person uh debuted in 1981, but I think the actual heel turn took place 86 87. I am dumbfounded by who that could be. Can you give me the slightest little hint? Like without giving it away? Uh, dun, 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 dun. I'll tell you this. This particular individual that we're talking about um, had a match. He was involved in a match at WrestleMania 3. WrestleMania 3. Yeah, and his maybe his I could say his primary role with the company was not as a wrestler. What the heck? Primary eighty one he was his primary job wasn't a I'm I'm dumbfounded. Well I'll just I'll tell you this one and then we'll get you back on track. So they have listed yeah. on this particular list as the eighth best heel turn of the golden era being dangerous Danny Davis. Oh, a referee heel turn. I know that's what this list, there's some on here that I wouldn't necessarily Come put on, on the list. Over, over the bar over the barber shop. Listen, we're not doing two picks. I know. I'm, I, I'm tapping out. And when Dangerous Danny Davis gets Listen. on there before Shawn Michaels turning on Marty Jannetty, that's a list is not accurate. However, how about this? <laughs> how about for next week, all of our listeners listening right now makes their own list, and then they can read them next week. Their top ten next week here on '80s Wrestling the podcast. Yeah, How's that, that sound? I'd love that. All right. That's a great idea. So I'm going to finish this top ten list. You already have five of them, and so we're just missing – oh, you have six now that we talked Dangerous Danny Davis. But at number six, they had Rick Martell turning on Tito Santana, which is I mean, a good turn. A good, that was a good hail turn, but I mean – Yeah, it? that's a great – that's a good turn. But, yeah, but now this this one – I don't really care about this one, but maybe some people do um, – Oh, and this heel turn started in 91, actually finished in 92. Um, Sid Justice, when he came to the WWE as a face and then turned heel on Hogan. But that's, I don't know. That wasn't really nothing major either. I mean, no, was, I don't think anybody was, cool was too, in, I don't think anyone was too invested in that. I think they kind of knew uh, Sid could turn. Number nine, they have when uh, Tugboat turned and became Typhoon. They have that as the nine. Oh, gosh. Number nine. I know that one. I I wouldn't put that on my top who, ten list who, either. Who but. made this list? Uh, this, this is list? from firefighterbrian.com. So I don't know uh, who's authoring this. But, uh, there it is. Uh, <laughs> the number ten spot they gave uh, Sweet Sapphire, which we talked about already in the show. But that's their you, top you ten. Love, you love that term. Listen. Yeah, I, I would I'm still I would getting over that one. That. I'm a, I would definitely restructure that. The I, I'm going to do my own list. I mean. People at home, if you'd like to do it too, uh, put yours in order, one to ten. Uh, Jay, you too. And how about next week we continue this conversation because there's still a lot more to talk about on this topic. I think that we should do that uh, next week here on the podcast. What do you think? I think let's continue the conversation. We'll all come with our top ten. And then I would also be curious, uh, baby, uh, Firefighter Brian brought up, like, the big show. And the big show will joke openly that he turned so many times when he would come through – uh, go through Gorilla and come through the stage, he would have to ask somebody in Gorilla position, 
am I heel or am I baby face? Because he said he lost track himself because they turned him so much. So I would love oh. to know people's top 10 best. And then I would love to know one or two that you think weren't that great. You know, ones that kind of flopped and left you kind of scratching your head or, or didn't really I, matter. At the top of my, at the top of my list, nothing that flopped, but it didn't have the impact that they originally thought it would be, would be the Steve Austin turn. I think that right. he was so, so, so over as, as a baby face. I just think that uh, they weren't ready. The fans weren't ready yet for him to turn heel. So I wouldn't call it a flop because he's the biggest star, one of the biggest stars in the history of wrestling. Right. But I don't think that it got the momentum that they were hoping that it would get, you know? No, and he, and he even admits in that moment, feeding off the crowd, he knew that it was the wrong call. And he thought for a split second about not turning, but you do what your boss tells you to do. And then one that I would say, it's not that it didn't work. It's that you were excited maybe at the time for that moment, but then it just kind of fizzled out because his career didn't become much of anything. I would say uh, when Virgil eventually left the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, like I wanted him to turn. I wanted him to get his comeuppings, but then Virgil's career really didn't amount to too much after well, that. Let me, let me let, let, real, real quickly, since we're, we're on this subject still this week, I think he got a tremendous reaction when he finally turned on the million dollar man. Yeah, I, in that the moment. The follow up was that moment was fucking awesome. Yes. Uh but I don't think that he had it in the tank to I don't want to say that because I, I thought it was a really I thought it was a really I, successful know, angle. After but after that angle, I don't know if they had much planned yeah. for him. And so that's, when you turn and you get that's that moment, you need to be able to carry that into something, that momentum. And I feel like the momentum just dropped on that one. That that's I think that's very accurate. But I do All think right. though when they, they the way they set that up and when he finally fucking put his hands on DiBiase, I mean a place when ballistic. You go back and watch that man, you can you can literally put that up there with with some of the biggest reactions during that entire golden era of wrestling. So uh I don't know man, I, I think that we have uh how about this? We can continue this conversation next week, but how about next week we could do the top 10 greatest feuds during the uh, golden era. So you want me to, pre- to prepare two top 10 lists for you next week, Tommy? You're giving me homework? Two. I need 10 got- heel turns, and I need 10 feuds. Yeah. Okay. Your 10, and I'm gonna, your 10 favorite feuds. I'm going I'm to be – I will do that, and you do that as well. And I will tell you right now, one of my top 10 favorite turns – didn't happen in the World Wrestling Federation. It happened in the NWA, and I love it. And so well, that'll be on my list. And, and, and guess what? My top turn ever didn't happen in WWE or WCW. Actually, now it happened over. Actually, it happened over the airwaves on Thursday, October the twelfth. 2023 because jumping Jay, you're fired. What's happening? You have me, you have me lost and confused. <laughs> he dropped his call. Tommy must have had to run, and that was the way he saw out of this conversation, which is uh, very interesting to me. But there you have it. Some of the most memorable. Heel. Did Tommy just turn heel? Right here on the air, he may have. We may have to tune in next week to find out exactly 
what the heck is going on in Tommy Fiero. My guess is it hit 10 o'clock. He's got a business he's got to open, but he may have just turned heel right here on the airwaves. And so we'll find out next week right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. (laughs) 